it takes a lot longer to getting it published because by the time they even you, you could send out query letters and to publishers and then you hear back three or four months later and you you might hear no you might hear yes but then it's going to take them close to a year to put the book out anyway so that's an if, if there's a reason why you want the book out a little bit sooner you go self-publishing direction the pro about a publisher is they pay for the cover they pay for the editing uh that you're doing with them so that they're covering the cost of that but then the downside is they're taking most of the money Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to The Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join The Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello and welcome to The Author's Corner. I am your host, Robin Colucci, and today I have a question for you. Do you know what the idea of sharing stories and advice on how to talk to kids about LGBTQ families and friends could possibly have in common with catering? Now, if the answer is no, then I know that you have not yet met today's guest. Our guest, Sudi Rick Karatas, is a Gemini. And I'm telling you that because he says that one of the reasons why he goes by two names, Sudi and Rick, he has two first names, Sudi and Rick, is because of this fact. He is also the author of two books. The first, Rainbow Relatives, which I just told you, is these real-world stories about how to talk to kids about LGBTQ families and friends. And also, his other book, How Catering Sucked the Life Right Out of Me. So this is just the tip of the iceberg of the dual sides, the multiple dual sides of Rick Karatas. Another is that his first book, Rainbow Relatives, was uh, traditionally published by uh, Skyhorse Publishing. His second book, he self-published. He also is the writer and producer of the film Walk a Mile in My Pradas. And he's written many screenplays and songs. And even he wrote to Dear Abby once. So today is going to be a really interesting interview because uh, Rick is going to share with us about a lot of these apparently dichotomous things that he's experienced. And especially, we're going to deep dive into the differences that he experienced firsthand between traditional publishing and self-publishing. And this is a really remarkable and unique insight that we can gain from his perspective. So I encourage you to sit back, relax, listen and enjoy. So, Sudi, or should I say Rick, uh, welcome to the Author's Corner. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And either name is fine. Yeah. So as a Gemini, I go by both names. So, yeah, I love that. You know, I, I one of my favorite Geminis of all time, Prince. Oh. <laughs> I, there's this one song where he says, I have two sides and they're both friends. <laughs> I love that. I didn't know he was a Gemini. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah. And he even saying about it. So tell me, I now I just can't 
I just can't wait to find out why do we have two names here? Explain to our listeners, because I know that's really the burning question right now at this moment. Okay. Um, well, Sudib is my legal <laughs> given given name. It's a Turkish name. It's not a common Turkish name. But um, and I used to joke that it was short for Sudrik, which it's not. So, but Rick became a nickname from Sudrik. So I I just go by both names. I tend to go more by Sudi for writing and acting as Rick. And in New York, more people know me as Sudi, and in California, more people know me as Rick. So oh, interesting. So do you ever? struggle you know with remembering what context you're in and what name you're yeah a lot of times people i'm working and i do some catering on the side too and this and that and it's like should I, um, what's your name and i'll i'll like sometimes hesitate like should i say sudi or rick and so it just depends i was going by rick for a long time just for and now I've kind of gotten back a little bit more to sudi and mostly i was i went by rick instead of sudi because when i used to go for auditions they would uh, send mm-hmm. me for the pakistani cab driver the indian this or that and it was, you know, so I finally said, well, let me try Rick so that they know I speak English. <laughs> yeah. So they're not just it, just screen testing you for not speaking for very yeah, little. Just typecast you yeah, in those. You know, those right, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, that that makes sense. That makes sense. So. All right. So now we're getting down. Now we'll get more serious here. And I I really want to hear about I know you've got couple of books. You've got some catering. You, you've done a lot of catering, which I did some catering in my 20s. So I'm sure we could go on and on and on about stories from that. I, I'd love to hear about uh, Rainbow Relatives. And uh, specifically, if you would tell our listeners what prompted you to write the book, because I think it's kind of a interesting. Yeah. I uh, And this was like several years ago. I, you know, maybe almost 10 years ago, I think. my I was talking to my sister in Delaware about her kids who are my nieces and nephews and at the time they were you know six and eight or I forget the ages and I was just asking you know hey do they know about my orientation and she was like I think so I'm not sure I'm not sure how to approach that she goes I wish there was a book on that and I'm like I love to write so I'm like wow that's that's a pretty good idea and I I didn't think there's really that many books about that on how to talk to kids about different subjects of LGBTQ and so that night I came up with the title how to tell the kids about uncle Wait, was it Uncle Maureen and Aunt Butch or something? I don't know. Like I was being too corny. You're cute for my own good. So it, it ended up becoming yeah, Rainbow Relatives, real world stories and advice on how to talk to kids about LGBTQ families and friends. So it's a book for adults, but in speaking to kids. Um, mm-hmm. But that's how it kind of was born. And then over a couple of years, I interviewed a lot of people, got a lot of stories, different families, and it, it just evolved. And it was a fun but long, hard process. Yes, as it often is, right? (laughs) (laughs) And it's been out since 2018. So I'm curious, like, what's the experience that you're having with the book now? Like, have you seen it pick up momentum or like, or, you know, what's the... Yeah, not yet, but I think it's gonna with all this stuff happening because it's, again, 2018 BC, before Corona is when it came out. And... um, (laughs) What's weird is um, what called a literary agent, Matt Wagner, when he was looking at it, he was considering it. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm not sure. I think this book, this was like, you know, six, seven years ago. You know, I think it's past its prime. It's not needed as much anymore and this and that. And then, then he's like, some things started happening then even that were like, oh, well, we're going backwards again. So, yeah, this book is needed. And he got the book to um, Skyhorse Publishing that published it. But, you know, and things did improve and, you know. 
but since now is all these laws and stuff that are happening, like we are going backwards and rights are taken away. So it is needed again, because there's a lot of subjects covered in the book. You know, one of them is religion, because a lot of people use religion as kind of a weapon. They try to pass laws and they would try to laws based on religion. So the religion itself is not bad, but the way they use it. I call that chapter, pray the gay bashers away. So <laughs> the book is done with a sense of humor because people are more apt to read something if it's entertaining and learn from it. And um, and a lot of I'm getting a, I, over the last several years, gotten a lot of really good response and people enjoying it and really changing a few minds. I mean, you're not going to change the people that really, really, really need to read it. Probably won't even look at it. But then you have people that really just they have good intentions. They just don't understand certain things or they've never been exposed to certain things, you know. And um, my, my aunt, who's like 80 nine now she you know she read it a few years ago she said you know it, it did change her mind about a few things and someone who lives in my condo same thing she's a teacher and mm-hmm. you know one of the subjects is you know i think same-sex marriage and even if people feel everyone you know she said her mind was changed a little bit from a movie she watched but my book was very very helpful in, in that aspect also of getting people to you know from people's real stories like that's what i like about the book it's not just my story or whatever i took a lot of people's real stories. I even threw in a few celebrities, um, Shelley Wright, the country singer and uh, Bruce Valanche, and kind of they gave their feedback on some some things. So it was a fun book. And it, I think it's entertaining, but also helping people to just be more understanding and more compassionate for people who are different from them or who really aren't that different from them, but they think they are, you know. So what would you say about the book is or or have these people told you spe- anything specifically about what what about it changed their minds like what why why was it how you told them about it that finally tipped the scale i think one of the one of the chapters deals with like two dads and two mom families two moms two dads two days families i call that chapter and i think a lot of people have a you know oh well, children need a mother and a father and which is a, is not a you know it's an okay thing to think that it would be in an ideal world and all this stuff. But a lot of people, you know, their parents are divorced or they're, or their parent died or whatever. And, and they have one mother or they have a, they're raised by a grandmother. And I think the main lesson of the whole book was if there's love in the family and they're doing good things, that's really all that matters. So it doesn't matter if they have two dads or two moms. So I think the real stories in the book about these two dads going to their kids' soccer game and showing them in their real normal, you know, you know, same situations as other families. I don't say normal, you know what I mean. But um, mm-hmm. so those stories just help seeing in that light. So that's one of the things I think was also, there's a whole chapter on transgender called, and again, with a sense of humor, kids, your father, well, she has something to tell you. So it's you know, <laughs> a little bit of sense of humor, but there's serious things in there. There's bullying, there's uh, all these things. Now these, uh, they are getting it really right now. Worse than when I wrote the book, um, these attacks on them and they're not hurting anybody, you know, and they're just so that's an important I almost wish I had more on that chapter now because but again, I interviewed real I mean, I interviewed people for that. And then there's kids who are identifying as transgender while they're still young enough to have their parents explain it to them. Yes. And in fact, that was one of the things about that chapter. Everyone I interviewed, they said they knew at a young age, like they knew at five or six that they just knew something was different. They knew I'm not a boy, I'm a girl, I'm, you know, so that they know. So, yeah, you people are saying they have to, you know, they're doing it too young and letting them. So there's probably a certain age you want to make sure that that they're 
you know, because but most of them do know at a certain age. And it's, you know, the some people are saying, oh, they're trying to talk their kids into becoming. But no, they're not. They're accepting their kids as who they are, what they are, you know, and it's dangerous what some of these politicians are doing as far as suicide rates and things like that, because they're making them feel like there's something really wrong with them. And and they know they can't really change. That's who they are. So it's very dangerous and very, you know. I mean, those are the people who need to read the book. The I was going to say, you could write a sequel, How to Talk to Politicians. Yeah, about. oh, that's good, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I try to stay not to, I try not to be too political. And I even, you know, but it, it, it can't help it sometimes. It's, you know, if something is really hurting people or whatever, you kind of, it's it's not political. It's just trying to do the right thing or educate people or, yeah. So, and hopefully that's what the book is doing. I, I think it is. I heard it got you know even on some of the reviews and nice things were said about that and um people i've i, I know one of your blurbs is betty degeneres yes that um, that name sounds familiar yeah yeah it's ellen ellen's mom and uh yeah she had read the book and she gave a little blurb for it i'd met her a few times she's really very lovely lady i met her at some a p-flag meetings and I, actually i marched in p-flag a couple years in uh, west hollywood for pride and um which PFLAG I mentioned in the book too. I didn't know about them before I wrote the book and they're a great organization for parents who have kids who are LGBTQ, fantastic organization. And um, so I'd met her a couple of times and then someone I knew sent her the book and she she really said it was um, something about educating people with humor. That's the best way or something. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, paraphrasing, but. Oh, well, you know, yeah. she ought to know, I guess, about, <laughs> about a sense of humor and the, uh, Actually, I see you also have a comedy writer here, so it's interesting. You know, that's that's great because if if a comedy writer thinks you're funny, you probably really are. <laughs> Hopefully, I mean, my family. I joke, my family doesn't think I'm funny, but total strangers think I am. You know, <laughs> well, of course, you're too close. You know, <laughs> but I do love writing, I, and I didn't want it to be like I said, a, a book that's like really scientific and technical. And at the age of five, you tell a kid this, and so you know, I I, I definitely did. It was had a lot of humor in there, and. Not, you know, obviously there's some bull there's a whole chapter on bullying in school. So obviously that's not something to kid about. But I mean you do have to have a sense of humor about a lot of other things. And especially in this world with all the stuff going on, is you know, hopefully people and again, it's more interesting if it's you know, humorous and mm-hmm. uh, people will be more apt to read it and then all get the lesson out of it, you know, without cool. it being preachy, you know. <laughs> yeah, that that that's important for sure, because nobody wants to be preached at necessarily in a, in their book in the books they're reading. Um, I just, I had a question just occurred to me is because I think when you decided to write the book, what were some of the doubts that came up for you and how did you get over them? Well, I had never written a book. So I, part of it was, how do I write it? And I just, a lot of times I'll just start doing something and see where it goes and, you know, just have faith or believe that it's, and there's a feeling of, okay, I know this is, I know I'm on the right track with this. Like I've, I had other things. I was trying to shoot a movie I wrote and do other things, but something was telling me inside a, a feeling or a gut feeling. No, I need to do, work on this. And it did take a while. But um, so I, I didn't know how to format a book and all that kind of thing. So I just started writing it. I started thinking of chapter, funny chapter titles. I think the religion one was pray the gay bashers away. Like there's certain things I had. So I, I put it together. Now, a lot of that was changed around with the editor from the publisher, like the order of the chapters and things and they cleaned up you know you always need an editor even if you're publishing or self-publishing or whatever that's i you know i 
I kind of learned a lot about that too, that I even got an editor before I started submitting it to literary agents. And They're also publishers. smart, also very good advice. Yeah. And so, um, pay attention to that one, please. <laughs> um, yeah, a lot of people think they don't have to edit or, you know, and I'd rewritten, a, I knew I write a lot of scripts, so I know I got to rewrite a lot. And I did that as I went along. So one of the, not, I don't know if you asked me if fears or concerns or how I would do this or whatever, but I just kept going with it and writing it. And then I guess when you're writing it, like, well, is anyone going to buy it or how do you get it out there? So that was one of my thoughts. And, um, but at first, you have to have something to get out there first to get, so why worry about that? Let me just keep writing it. So once it was written, then I'm like, oh, okay, now I have to get, I guess, a literary agent and a publisher. So I actually got a book, which I recommend for everybody. Um, I think it's Writer's Market. I think it's called Writer's oh, Market. Yeah. And there's many editions now. It's been out forever. Um, but it has publishers, literary agents, all that stuff in it. And it also tells you how to write a query letter um, mm -hmm. to try to get publishers and literary agents. So I followed the advice. Yeah. yeah, and they update it. Um, is it every year or other, every other year? I think, I think I think every year. Like it's the high now, the hundredth edition or something. Um, yeah, yeah. So it but, is. Yeah, but I followed their advice on how to write a query letter, and I sent maybe I don't know fourteen or fifteen out, and I got two or three responses. Oh, that's from that. Like one place said, send the first five chapters. Now they didn't go with it that place, but that was like so encouraging. Yeah. And um, and then I got a literary agent Matt Wagner from that, and then mm -hmm. he got the Skyhorse Publishing. And I don't think he sent it to a lot of publishers either. So I, I kind of felt I have something here. I felt it's important. I felt it's timely. And I felt it was, you know, had good things in it. It was entertaining and humorous. So, yeah, I guess hopefully that answered your question. <laughs> I think so. I, yeah, because I just, because really, when you decided to write that book, there I still don't think there's a whole lot on this subject. But I bet there was even less when you decided to write the book. And so I think it can just feel daunting, especially for a first time author to be stepping out over the cliff, you know, and writing in, in a relatively new subject matter that that also has, you know, a, a lightning rod potential to it, you know, I mean, where, you know, you could be attracting all kinds of different responses besides. That's true. Yeah, because it can be controversial or. Yeah. yeah. Um, and oh, I was wondering how you might have wrestled with that at all, and if so, how did you get past that? Because I do think that this is a fear that a lot of first-time authors have, especially when they're writing in a controversial space. Yeah, and I, I don't know if I, I guess I knew it was controversial in some ways. Um, also, you know, by writing that book, I'm basically letting everyone know not that I was, I wasn't in the closet by any means, but. I don't necessarily go around telling everyone my orientation or anything like that. And I had even some relatives in upstate New York and in Turkey that I never discussed it with. So when I was writing the book, that was a big thing. I, I, that's yeah. interesting you brought that up. You know, I said, oh, I'm going to have to like kind of let them know verbally or whatever that because <laughs> the book is going to come out. And, you know, so I sent letters to upstate New York and to Turkey. And the response from them actually overall was very good and very encouraging and very. So that was kind of good. but. Then there are people, when you put the book out, people who are against that kind of book. I mean, I'm sure DeSantis is trying to ban the book in Florida right now. <laughs> that I think of it. <laughs> and that's, um, I hope you're taking that as a compliment. <laughs> yeah, well, in a way, yes. I mean, I, I doubt he's ever heard, he's heard of my book. But 
No, um, it'll, it'll, uh, oh, because if, if they specifically target your book, it'll, it'll really help your sales. Exactly. So I, I almost hope they really that. send it to send them an autographed copy and oh, ask, <laughs> if consider, ask if he'd consider putting, adding it to the list of banned books. That's funny. I, that's true. I should do that. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, now I forgot what I was saying because just I'm so sorry. Because his, 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 well, just I brought up his name. So, um, oh, but the, just the controversy and banning books. You know, most I did a few small book signings around the country and stuff, and no issues really. One, I think it was in was it Maryland or Florida? I think Maryland. And I was just doing a book signing in the store. I wasn't doing a Q and A or anything for that one. And a woman came up to me and she said something like, oh, what's the book about? And I, I said, oh, about, you know, speaking to kids about LGBTQ families and friends. And she, I forget what she asked, but something like, oh, and, and what are they told or something? Or what in what is it more of a conservative answer or more of a something? So I I said, you know, it's, you know, to, I forget what I told her, but she says, like, you know, my brother or cousin is gay or and I love him so much, but it's just wrong for he's married to a guy. And that's just not right. That's not the way God wants it. That's not once they bring God into it. If, if they're listening to God, I'm not going to be able to convince them of anything if they're right. following what they think God is saying. But she wasn't hurt. You know, her, honestly, her, she wasn't a nasty person. She wasn't her. She believed what she's. I love my cousin, but I don't believe in that. And I, I think I said to her, well, it must be, how do they invite you to their house if you don't agree with their being a couple together or something? Anyway, she kind of went about her business in the store. And, and she, before she left, she came back. She says, you know, I wish you the best of luck with this or whatever. So, she, you know, she wasn't her you yeah. know, heart, heart was in the right place. Just her. Mm-hmm. And again, she's someone that should read the book, but probably would never read the book. Right. Right. So, but. It does um, speak to. uh it, it reminds me of, you know, a time and definitely long before COVID, but, you know, where people could disagree and still have a civil conversation, which is all, which still happens, but. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> so it, it seems to be more rare, but I, but it also is still happens quite a lot. So, but yeah, so that's lovely that. She, well, the problem is there's too much misinformation that you can't have those conversations because people are. Right. Going off of yeah. things that aren't facts. Yeah. So yeah, we could, we could, that could be a whole nother episode, Rick. So we better get yeah. that one. <laughs> um, you went with Skyhorse. And I, I just recently kind of Skyhorse just recently came onto my radar. And I, you know, I went to their website and it's, it's really interesting. They have quite a stable of very impressive people in, in their author stable. But I think that they're not necessarily like a straight traditional traditional publisher. But I don't really understand exactly. I mean, not not that you're a representative of Skyhorse, but right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I I think they've grown a lot since I I signed with them uh, four, like four or five years ago. And they're under Simon and Schuster. I think they're the parent company. So yeah, they're. Um, oh. And I think when I started with them, they did more of alternate. Uh, I don't know if I lifestyle types of books, I think, or these kind of books, which you're right. There really weren't that many of this kind when it came out. And I still don't think there are a lot. Um, mm-hmm. A friend of mine has one and I'm going to uh, shoot. I forget the name of it. And he actually doing his research came upon my book and that's oh, how I met him. But oh, I wish I could remember the name of his book. Uh, anyway. So, yeah, I don't know a lot about, you know, 
they're in New Jersey and I'm in California, so I've never even met them face to face, which is kind of funny. Or my literary agent, for that matter, he's in in Northern California. It's amazing what we can do now with technical Zooms and and, or phone call or whatever. But, you know, I'm excited that I have a publisher, Skyrus Publishing, because my second book, well, the second book I just decided to self-publish, How Catering Sucked the Life Right Out of Me. I didn't feel that one would help people as much as this one, although it may save lives because it does sometimes. <laughs> so it might encourage people not to go to catering, no, which isn't as bad as I make it sound. <laughs> some really good things, but um, yeah, two totally different, different books. But and maybe before we had a little longer, I could have gotten a publisher. And that's a good thing for your listeners. I think if they're trying to decide, get a publisher or self-publish. And I think sometimes it depends on the book and what they want. Um, there's no, there's pros and cons to both. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really true. Tell us a little bit more about some of the uh, factors that went into your decision to self-publish the the catering book, because I do think this is an interesting point also to, you know, because I think a lot of a lot of potential authors, a lot of wannabe authors get caught in this idea that I just have to get a book deal for this or it's somehow a black mark on me. It's somehow like a, a mark, a of of shame if I have to self-publish. And, you know, I'm constantly trying to explain to people, no, it, it's a strategic decision. It, sh- it should always be a strategic choice based on what you actually are trying to achieve, what the book is about, who the audience is, how you're going to sell it, all kinds of things. So share with us a little bit about what was some of the thinking that went into the decision yeah. for the campaign. Um, because I think I started out, let me try and get it published. And there's certain reasons to do that. It's, it is, I think, easier to get into bookstores. It does add a little bit of credibility in the sense of, in some ways, anyone can publish a book. So a lot of the self-publishing, uh, there's some, but this great self-published book. So, you, you know, you just kind of have to, um, as far as the subject matter, this one, I felt it wasn't as, it's more of an entertaining book. The other one I felt is really helping families and adult and, and um, parents and children and all that. This one is more, you know, so that was a reason. Also, it takes a lot longer to go the getting it published because by the time they even you, you could send out query letters and to publishers, and then you hear back three or four months later and you you might hear no, you might hear yes, but then it's going to take them close to a year to put the book out anyway. So that's an if, if there's a reason why you want the book out a little bit sooner, you go self-publishing direction. The pro about a publisher is they pay for the cover, they pay for the editing uh, that you're doing with them. So that they're covering the cost of that. But then the downside is they're taking most of the money. I think that was another main reason for the I did self-publishing on the second one was if I'm doing all the work to promote it, which you do any, no matter what, you're going to do all the work, whether you have a publisher or you don't, you're doing almost 90% of the promoting. So that was another reason to, to at least keep a little bit more of the uh, money coming in. So yeah, there's different reasons. I mean, I knew a guy who was like 89 and he had just published one of his many books, but he's like, he didn't have time. <laughs> he knew he didn't have time to wait to see if a publisher was going to, you know, and he did actually he passed away last year, 90 of them, but um, mm-hmm. a friend of mine, but uh, yeah, um, Jack Fitzgerald, uh, great guy and uh, author of a few books. Oh, who, but, who is the, who, I'm sorry, I finished your thought and then I have another question. No, no, I, I think I finished. Yeah. Okay. So who, who is the reader so it's very clear who's reading the 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 parent book, but but are who are you writing to when you're writing about this this these catering war stories? Is oh, okay, it- yeah, well, it's any, anyone who's been in the catering industry or the uh, maybe event planning industry. 
service, right? Yeah, food service or anyone I say or anyone who's been to an event. Because, <laughs> because I'm giving you a behind the scenes of what's going on at this wedding you're at or this party you're at. Um, I worked a lot of fun parties with celebrities, too, so that there's a little bit of insight for people that are oh. kind of like to know a little bit about celebrities. You know, nice. I actually worked a party um, and years ago um, and we're setting up the tables and we hear the band warming up and some woman starts singing, let's get physical, physical. And I said, wow, she sounds a lot like Olivia Newton-John. And I turn around, there's Olivia Newton-John in her jeans and T-shirt. This is like 20 or 18, 17 years ago. Wow. And there she was. And she's one of my fa- she was one of my favorite singers. I'm like, here I am getting paid to watch her rehearse. And then later on, we weren't supposed to be in the room, I don't think, but I snuck in and yeah. she sang six or seven songs. So there's, fun, you know, there's but a lot of fun. She's yeah. performing at the party. Yes. So that yeah. so it was someone else's party who could it hire a, her. Well, it was Australia week, so they had hired her. Oh, the, this, okay. this big event, yeah. But I worked house parties for birthday parties where they hired like Johnny Mathis. It's this woman's 60th birthday party. They hired Johnny Mathis to come sing at her house, which uh-huh. when I was really young, people used to tell me I look like Johnny Mathis. So I'm calling my friends, guess who's at this party I'm working? Like, And her, his parents used to always say, I look like Johnny Mathis. So he, he knew in a minute I was, it was Johnny Mathis. Right, right. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's, it's a, I, I, so that's really what it is. And some of the do's and don'ts when you're at events, how to, you know, proper etiquette. But it, again, it's with a sense of humor. And, um, and it's also for people who are in a job that they can't stand because of management and what's happening. Because there's a lot of stuff in catering where the catering itself is not that bad. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be. But I say right. like, sometimes it's too many chiefs on too much opium. Like uh, <laughs> they're all not, and just they're on power trips or they're whatever. So it's yeah. also people can relate to who are in a job they can't stand, and because mm-hmm. everyone goes through some of that garbage with their bosses, yeah. their managers, and I guess anyone that ever gets hungry, it's a good book to read. No, I'm kidding. For, it's food for thought, I guess, is what I say. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's there. There it is. Yeah. <laughs> <are> top line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was I. I've had a few jobs in my life, not very many. I've been working for myself for over 30 years. But because I discovered in the early 90s that I am psychologically unemployable. Yeah. I can't be told really what to what do. do. <laughs> you mean either. Especially if it's not the best way to do it. Right. <laughs> like, I get way too impatient. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I I might enjoy that book. Even even more than the other, who knows? <laughs> it's, I mean, they're two, yeah, they're two totally different books, and they're um, and the first chapter is a very quick, really quick chapter. It's it's the pros of doing catering. It's a blank page. It goes right to chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that reminds me of a very quick story that um, Michael Larson, who you might have heard of, because he wrote the book on how to write a book proposal, or at least what I think is the definitive book on how to write a book proposal, called how called by the same name. And one of the examples he uses when he's he's right he's writing about the importance of a book title and how it can really make all the difference in 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 how well the book does if if you have a really great title. And the example he gave was a book that was entitled "Everything Men Know About Women." <laughs> and then you open it up and it's five hundred blank pages. I think I've heard of that book. Yeah. Or there's, I think, a take or two on that whole. Yeah. That's, that's hilarious. Yeah. And, but, and uh, it sold over a half a million copies at la- like when he wrote his book. So 
Oh my god! So, and just on the title and that joke, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my so, god! So yeah, I guess it isn't always a lot of work. Sometimes it's just a genius idea. <laughs> one right. It's either a lot of work to make a best-selling book, or it's just one genius, uh, one flash of genius yeah. that you act. Yeah, yeah. That, I always love that. It's like, it's one of my favorite publishing stories. That is great. And I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and ask you because it seems like it's a natural question that's here. Which is my 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 final question, my okay. signature final question, which is what have I not asked you that you would love to answer? Um, what's the next book I'm working on? Maybe. <laughs> oh, excellent! My favorite. I'm actually working on two. I, it's funny. I write scripts, songs, all this stuff. So I just write whatever ideas come. But I'm currently writing a book and I'm collecting stories from people. So if there's anyone out there that has a story they want to share for the book, it's called Fork Facebook and the algorithm it wrote in on. And it's about people in Facebook jail who have been in Facebook jail, penalized oh. or punished or restricted on Facebook. And a lot of times over silly, stupid things that the algorithm just got wrong or just didn't understand your sarcasm or satire. So I'm getting a lot of really great stories for that. You have your hand uh, up. Excuse me, I know someone. <laughs> and it is it is I. Ah. And do you know why I'm in Facebook jail? No. Because but if it's I a had, good story, I'll put it in the book. <laughs> oh, it's it's precious. I had trouble logging in. Yeah. Oh. Ultimately, that's the real reason. I've never I'd never had any violations of I had trouble logging in. Yeah. But were you able to finally log in or no, or, no. Oh. yeah, I, they 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 made me go through all these hoops to try to log in because I they I don't. It's a long story, but right. let me just say that where it ended was I had to prove my identity to them, which I did. Okay, and they said, "Great, you proved your identity. We're going to let you back in." And then the wheels started to go, and it, and for a second I saw my profile again, and then it disappeared, and I got a message that says, "You are in violation of Facebook community standards." We have suspended your account, but they didn't tell you why or what what you. What no, you and I and there's and as you know, there's no customer support or. Oh, anyway. there's nothing. No, there's nothing, and yeah, and it's um like for me, I've been in a couple times. Once I I joked men are pigs, and that's hate speech. Which I'm a man. Okay. I obviously don't believe men are pigs. Then the second time, um, I said fork, uh, stick a fork in him, he's done, meaning his career was over. But they take that as promoting violence. And, oh my god. <laughs> yes. So they was banned for 30 days. And then I joked recently, um, go jump in the Hudson River. And a lot of the joke had to do with the river being dirty, I think. It and they put that as promoting suicide. But they don't even let you give you a you know, no. this is you can't post that. You you no. can't explain to them. It's an algorithm. No one even complained. Yeah. It's an algorithm. So I'm getting a lot of funny stories on that. Then just sometimes someone maybe maybe says something offensive, but instead of letting them just take it down. 30 days you can't post. And if you're using that for your business or your whatever. So the book is kind of, again, with a sense of oh, humor. Honey, I've been off since August of last year. I can't wow. get back on just because I had trouble logging in. Yeah, the stories oh, I'm getting are just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, so, you know. We'll, and there's we'll no way to fight it. Yeah, you're, you're, you're put oh, in jail. There's no, you're, there's no judge. No. There's no jury. There's no, no. you know, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So no, I, no. I think it's called, yeah, Fork Facebook and the algorithm it wrote in on or Facebook jail stories or the algorithm. Oh, fork, wrong. fork Facebook. <laughs> well, because my fork story is what gave me the idea to write the book. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, so I've, I've gotten yeah, at least 25 good, funny stories because people just use expressions yeah. that it doesn't understand. You, know, you can't even say probably break a leg now to actors on there because it's. Oh, <laughs> <break a leg. laughs> 
promoting <laughs> violence. So it's it's out of control. They're out of control, and somebody has to put them in their place. And I decided it's going to be me. Oh my gosh, I love this. I love it, listeners. If you have a story, a Facebook jail story, where should they send it? Um, my email they can send it to sudirick at aol.com, S-U-D-I-R-I-C-K at aol.com. Um, I mean, I have a Facebook page if they want to get in touch with me, Sudirick. <laughs> there were Facebook, there were actually Facebook jail pages, uh, groups on Facebook about people who've been in Facebook jail and that's what they talk about. <laughs> so I got some good stories from them as well, but yeah. So the email or I'm on. You probably shouldn't share it with Rick as a post because you'll get kicked off again. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I, when I, when I the post same language now, on a post. Right. Well, the, every time it would I have post, to be I, a messenger. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, that's the thing. You've got to watch how you post it. So instead of spelling out the word, right, spell it wrong. So the algorithm doesn't recognize it or uh, it's just, you can't even, and I've, you know, I'm hopefully funny a lot of the times and I can't even use my humor or it's just insane. Yeah. But so not everybody knows about this Facebook jail, but they will by the time I'm done with with this. I love it. I love it. And you have another book in the works. I have. Yeah. I don't know if I, one other one it's for pet lovers. It's kind of a gift humor book for pet lovers. And, um, it's called people peeves pets have. So, cause if, if, if people have pet peeves, that means pets have people peeves, things that bother them about their owner or people. And I got a really good illustrator and it's a really cute, it's more of a gift humor book. It's a really fun book. And hopefully that'll be done the end of this year, a calendar book and an animation series. We're going to probably have come out of it too, but. Oh yeah. I'm going to buy that one too. You've got to, you've got to make sure I'm on your list when you, and, and, you know, as soon as you said people peeves that pets have, I pictured the look that my pug gives me when she's just like over me, right? There's a very specific look that it's almost a glare, you know? <laughs> what color is your pug? She is a, a fawn. She's fawn. Yeah. Okay. Cause I had a, we had a black pug, kind of my uh, partner's sister-in-law I had a, a Pasha the pug, but that we that's become one of the characters in this. Uh, oh this yeah. yeah. So pug, her but. name is, her name is Frida and she was named after Frida Kahlo. And she is, she's just as fiery, I imagine. She's, oh, but, but she, she's, she is very strong little girl, strong-willed. Yeah. I like pugs out there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're great dogs, but, but yeah. that. And like, for I, an example. I think she could probably tell you a story. I just don't yeah. know if you see. And it, an example is like the dog is outside in the doghouse and there's two human feet sticking out of the thing. And she's, how come every time she's mad at Mike, I got to be homeless for the night? So there's different things in the nice oh, picture. Oh, funny. right, because there's guys yeah. in the dog. In the dog house, or the expression, yeah. it's raining cats and dogs. They're like, why don't you blame us for the flood in Noah's day while you're at it? And so I came up with all these funny things that would annoy right. them or the expressions or this or that. And then I have a good illustrator, Nellie Gutierrez, doing the really good illustrations for it. So, um, yeah, but that's that's it on books. Uh, Any book I, with a pug in it is worth reading. Yeah, we have a pug. We have, I think, a couple other, yeah. yeah. So. Fantastic. Well, Rick, this has been not only informative, but super fun. And I, I'm very excited also to hear about your upcoming books. And I hope that you will reach out to us when those become available. Oh, I'd love um, to, yes. I, I want to pull some more Facebook jail stories and we can share them. <laughs> and maybe, maybe by then I'll be back on Facebook. If I can find out how to get you back on there, I'll be happy to, to do that. Right. I'm, it's, but Any, yeah. any reason? appreciate it yeah all right <laughs> well, well thanks so much yeah thank you for being with us 
very much again. And uh, thank you for being on The Office Corner. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time.